0: Investigate magazine. Investigate magazine. Investigate magazine. Investigate magazine. Sets the agenda. In a situation like this, I mean, you're dealing with investigate magazine. Yeah. It's not like it's a cosy little profile piece in the Listener or Metro, you know. It's a good article. It's a great article. Major magazine. Published in the Investigate magazine. If you look at his track record, a lot of the stories that come out in the Sundays or um, in in the Daily Herald and so forth... Uh, from Richard. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Ian Richard is an investigative journalist, the network television reporter, news director and former number one rated national talk show host in New Zealand very sought-after international talk show guest. Ian, welcome to Coast to Coast. How are you, sir? Hi, I'm Ian Wishart, and this is Talking Matters, a show that goes beyond the headlines, tracking the cultural pulse of the country and the world. This is talk radio for grown-ups. Join us in just a moment. The Ian Wishart Show on Live365.com. Show on live365.com. Talk radio for grown-ups. Hello, folks. I'm Ian Wishart. This is the Ian Wishart Show on live365.com. I hope you're having a uh, fascinating time and a great time wherever you are. This is. uh, It's been a while since I've been broadcasting on this uh, station. We've got a lot of uh, recorded um, uh, broadcasts playing, but uh, we're going to do some more live shows, and so this is uh, kicking off that series. Uh, Looking at the headlines today. I want to touch on some subjects, and um, here's what's in the news. The Pope endorses the New Age religion and the New World Order in his UN speech. We'll be looking at this uh, tonight. Uh, Germany is in a state of siege as Middle Eastern migrants roam and gangs, telling German women to start covering up. While in America, a poll of Muslim Americans finds the majority would support Sharia law in the USA rather than the US Constitution. Think about that. And it's something out of science fiction movie minority report but it's real police pre-crime units in the USA are targeting people before they even commit the crime find out more about all this in just a moment later in the show thin ice documentary review this is the uh, climate change documentary thin ice it's been put out by Victoria University of Wellington New Zealand and Oxford University in the in the UK uh, I got a chance to see this documentary uh, this week I'll be giving you my review of that documentary in my my view it's uh, propaganda in the extreme but I'll tell you more about that in just a moment uh, after the um, after the break. Uh, also looking tonight, NASA are due to make a major announcement Monday about a discovery on Mars, speculation about what that could be. We'll look at that. And from academia, two fascinating studies. One you've got to listen to if you're a fidget. And the other one, uh, if you use your uh, smartphone to track your, your better half and find out what they're up to, you're not alone. An Australian survey fa- finds the majority of um, teenagers and, and young people believe it's ethical to track their loved ones with technology without their consent. So we'll look at all of these things and more in just a moment. More stimulating talk radio. The Ian Wishart Show on live365.com. Talk radio for grown-ups. Imagine that peace of mind begins with comfort. On Stressless, the world's most comfortable recliner from Danske Möbler. Feel how you completely relax as the chair responds to the slightest movement of your body. The neck and lumbar support is outstanding. And the luxuriously soft leather oozes cozy comfort and warmth. Take our word for it and try one, because feeling is believing. Stressless, the innovators of Reclining Comfort, exclusive to Danske Möbler. He's been shot at. Tear-gassed, mugged, arrested, electrocuted, and almost assassinated. And he still keeps coming back for more punishment. With more lives than a cat, you're listening to Investigative Daily's Ian Wishart on Live365.com, talk radio for grown-ups. Welcome back, folks. I'm Ian Wishart. This is Live365.com. I'm Ian Wishart. This is the Ian Wishart Radio Show. And uh, we're talking tonight about the uh, the Pope's visit to the United States. as address... Today to the United Nations, and uh, also a sermon preached at St Patrick's Cathedral in New York. Um, while the media have been going absolutely nuts about Pope Francis's visit to the USA, uh, it has been part of a much bigger agenda that's been taking place. It coincides with the 70th anniversary of the birth of the United Nations back in 1945, and the United Nations had a particular agenda. It was set up to achieve and uh, it's been working very long and hard on achieving that agenda. This week it unveils what it calls its Agenda 2030, which is a plan to transform the world within 15 years by the year 2030. All member states of the United Nations have pre-approved signing up to this uh, Agenda 2030 document. For those of you who are familiar with uh, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 is Agenda 21 on steroids. It is a much bigger darker version of Agenda 21, much more powerful. What it aims to do is it sets out 17 core goals, basically aiming at ending world conflict, um, creating world peace, ending poverty, all these fantastic things that um, you you could only dream about, but it believes it can achieve them. However, to achieve those goals... There has to be global government. There is no other way the United Nations can do this, and that's why it has had all member states sign up to this agenda in advance. It is part of the rollout with the Climate Change Treaty in Paris later this year that uh, this uh, the legal framework for global government is being dropped into place by these series of agendas and uh, treaties that uh, are being thrashed out at the moment. And Pope Francis has played a key role in drumming up support. His speech at the United Nations today was big on the need for climate change action. Uh, The the world is uh, beyond redemption unless we act on climate change, he says. We all have to pull together as one humanity and work towards a common goal, putting aside our national interests. Uh, These are the the things that he spoke about at the United Nations. But it's also fascinating uh, to read between the lines. For those of you who've read my book Totalitaria, there are some intriguing uh, parallels because back in 1965 it was the 20th birthday of the United Nations and the very first Pope to speak at the United Nations was Pope Paul VI on October 5, 1965. In that speech he pledged the allegiance of the Catholic Church to the United Nations, not to God, which you would expect from the Pope, but to the United Nations. He said the United Nations is the supreme organization on earth and the Catholic Church throws its entire weight behind it and its goals and its dreams and its ambitions. All of this is covered in the book Totalitaria. You can read the actual news reports from the time, the actual drafts, the transcripts of the speech, and you can see for yourself exactly what it says. The Pope Paul VI then gave, as a symbol of his allegiance, of the Catholic Church's allegiance to the United Nations, his uh, papal ring, and a couple of other items of authority. And he gave that to uh, UN Secretary-General u Thant, uh, who is a, uh, a New Age leader as well, New Age um, spiritual leader. And so there was something very, very symbolic about uh, what happened in October 1965. So here we have, that was the 20th anniversary, here we have the 70th anniversary of uh, the United Nations founding and Pope Francis addressing the United Nations as well and making very similar speeches, saying basically the Catholic Church will be throwing its weight behind this plan for the new world order. So what did he actually say? Well, what was fascinating for those of you who have some sense of discernment and know how to read between the lines, you've got to know what to look for in these speeches because it's often carefully hidden. But one of the things, if you go to the transcript of Pope Francis's speech at the UN today, you'll find he mentions two people Thomas Merton and Dorothy Day. Both of these people are New Age Catholics. Uh, they were followers of what became now known as the Luciferian Doctrine. It's a, it's a, a New Age movement founded in the 1870s which became the um, founder of all the modern New Age movements and it basically says that uh, Lucifer is the only true god of the planet. A lot of the UN honchos are heavily involved in this, in this uh, crowd Again, this is documented in the book Totalitaria. There is actually a uh, an altar underneath the UN General, General Assembly Room uh, made of uh, iron ore and uh, set up by one of the first UN Secretaries General, Dag Hammarskjöld. And that altar is dedicated to Lucifer, the god of all, as they called him at the time. So you have this odd situation where the head of the Roman Catholic Church has pledged his allegiance to an organisation which the only religious symbolism it allows in the uh, UN building is an altar to the <laughs> to Lucifer, of all people. It is highly, highly bizarre. So the Pope, in his speech today, talks about the common good, including the earth, uh, and our common home, and the need for people to work together to uh, harness a spirit of enterprise and make a modern, inclusive, and sustainable earth. And in doing so, uh, quoting and uh, naming uh, Thomas Merton and Dorothy Day, these two Luciferians, it is stunning that the head of the Catholic Church, the so-called representative of God on earth, could invoke uh, two people whose allegiance was not to the God that the Pope represents, but to a different God altogether, regardless of whether you believe in one or the other. Um, So that is one thing that came out of the UN speech today. The other thing that came out of today's uh, papal visit to New York was his address to the St. Patrick's Cathedral. And again, this has hit the headlines in... uh, in, uh, in New York, um, and, and bloggers particularly have picked up on this, because Pope Francis said something very strange during his sermon at uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral today. He said, We need to remember that we are followers of Jesus Christ and his life, humanly speaking, ended in failure, the failure of the cross. Now, for those of you who are not Christian, um, that may seem Ordinary. But a Christian doesn't talk about the failure of the cross, but the triumph of the cross. Here is the head of the Roman Catholic Church saying that Jesus Christ's life ended in failure, the failure of the cross. Bloggers have gone crazy about this. They're saying this is a shocking message from Pope Francis. It reveals he's not a Christian. Well, you be the judge. You can see it for yourself uh, if you go to uh, Google the, the shocking message Pope Francis preached at New York St. Patrick's Cathedral The Roman Catholic Church, the head of the Roman Catholic Church, we need to remember that we are followers of Jesus Christ and his life, humanly speaking, ended in failure, the failure of the cross. He didn't then go on to say it seemed like a failure and Jesus actually rose again. He just ended the speech there, the failure of the cross. Not a further word was said. So uh, inviting you to uh, read into it what you will. The, uh, The papal declaration today was a declaration for the New World Order. And in fact, in his speech, when you read the transcript of the UN speech, he goes further into the need for a a unified world religion. So, as I said, read into that what you will. We will um, be talking more about that in another episode of this podcast as well, because this is an ongoing story. Uh, Now, next in the headlines, Germany is in a state of siege as Middle Eastern uh, migrants roam the streets of Germany now in their thousands, telling women to cover up. Uh, this is a story from the Daily Mail. On the busy shopping street in Geissen, a German university town, uh, migrant Artif Zahur tucks into a chicken dish with his brother and cousin at the curry restaurant. They've left good jobs back in Karachi, Pakistan, now want to be Europeans. Uh, they're just some of the many migrants who now have arrived in Germany to build a new life. But the Daily Mail's reporting on Germany being in a state of siege and saying that uh, the Muslim infiltration into Europe is creating cultural backlash. Uh, as migrants and refugees try and find a way to fit into this new country uh, and to uh, have their culture recognised. And and the same thing is happening across Europe. In this case, the Daily Mail reports, uh, groups of uh, Muslim youths are now patrolling German streets, telling women to cover up. It's an incredible thing. It really is. Uh, So you can read more about that in the Daily Mail. Um, Are we doing the right thing by opening our borders to migrants? What is the implication of that, Um, not about migrants generally, but just in terms of the cultural impact of it all? Um, The the German experience, the European experience seems to show that uh, this is going to come with some major headaches and they need to find a way through this if they're going to have maintained social cohesion. This is the uh, Ian Wishart Show on uh, live365.com and I'm glad that you joined us for this uh, podcast. It is available uh, through iTunes, of course, and uh, on our website, InvestigateDaily.com. Now, another story that's um, relevant to this, as we continue our uh, trip down memory lane. A poll in the United States. Most U.S. Muslims would trade the Constitution for Sharia law. Now, this sounds ridiculous. You remember a few days ago, presidential hopeful Ben Carson uh, said very famously, that he would not support a Muslim president because Islamic law is incompatible with the U.S. Constitution. Now, Carson was called an anti-Muslim. He was called bigoted, even anti-American and unfit for office. And uh, for, as an example, a uh, quote here from uh, Congressman Andre Carson, a Democrat from Indiana, um, who's also a Muslim. He said, for any candidate to suggest that someone should not be elected president because, what if he, because of what he or she may believe, there's nothing short of relig- religious bigotry. But the problem is this. Islam is not just a religion. It is a political doctrine as well. It has no place for democracy. How do you have and how do you balance uh, the aims of democracy with the Islamic faith? If you read the Quran in detail, and if you're a Muslim, you believe in the, the authority of the Quran, it says that God's word is final that the world is to be governed according to Sharia law. And interestingly enough, that's what this poll in uh, World Net Daily is reporting, but it's a um, uh, a poll, I'll read it to you. There are now an estimated 3 million Muslims residing in the United States as citizens or with permanent legal status. A poll commissioned in May 2015 by the Centre for Security Policy showed that 51% of American Muslims preferred that they should have their own Sharia courts outside of the legal system uh, and outside of the US Constitution. And nearly a quarter of American Muslims believe that the use of violent jihad was justified in establishing sharia. That's a staggering claim. A quarter of American Muslims believe that the use of violent jihad is justified in establishing sharia in the U.S. So that's something to think about as well. Later in the show, we will be um, uh, talking about pre-crime units in the USA uh, targeting criminals before they commit crimes. This is straight out of a minority report. We'll also look at the Thin Ice documentary um, that I saw this week and NASA's announcement on Monday about a major discovery on Mars. So we'll be talking about all of those things in due course. I'll be back in a moment. This is Ian Wishart on Radio live 365com You're listening to Talking Matters, the Ian Wishart Show on Live365.com. Stimulating talk radio. 170 years ago... Two huge sailing ships carrying 790 Scottish migrants set sail from Glasgow for far-off New Zealand, carrying the hopes and dreams of the old country to the new. When they arrived four months later in a place called Auckland, they found themselves fighting for their survival in a strange new land, unable to return home. Most would never see Scotland again. Now, in the new book, Our Stories, award-winning journalist and best-selling author Ian Wishart traces the history of the Scots who forged a new life and built a new country in the South Pacific. Our Stories, the most fascinating book you'll read this year, from Amazon or ianwishart.com. Stimulating talk radio, the Ian Wishart Show on live365.com. Talk radio for grown-ups. Welcome back, folks. I'm Ian Wishart. This is live365.com. And uh, we are talking tonight about the things that are in the news today. And uh, one of the things that's popped up is, of course, this whole climate change lark because of the um, papal visit to New York and the uh, Agenda 2030 that's been announced this week and the Climate Change Treaty in Paris. Well, as part of the uh, worldwide sweep towards this, A group of climate change activists have put together a movie called Thin Ice, a documentary, uh, which they're peddling around uh, schools and around movie theatres as well. The documentary is produced by some uh, uh, scientists out of Victoria University of Wellington and the Oxford University in the UK. I went along to see this at one of the high schools uh, this week, and I was stunned at how deceptive this documentary is. Um, Now I know colleges encourage students in critical thinking, but in this case, forewarned is forearmed. The documentary comes from an appeal to authority argument. Trust us, we are scientists. As you'll see from uh, the review that I wrote, you can get it on uh, InvestigateDaily.com. This documentary has four major errors of factual error or misinformation, four major areas. One of the more fundamental ones is this. There are two ways that planetary temperatures are taken. Uh, There is uh, temperature records from land-based weather stations, which are prone to urban heat island effect from industrialization. And there's satellite readings, which cover the entire surface of the planet. And land-based temp stations don't cover vast areas of the planet. Uh, There are thousands of square kilometres that are often averaged to one weather station. That would be like saying that uh, a weather station in New York or Auckland uh, can report for somewhere that's 500 miles away that's what they're doing that's how they use the, they extrapolate out the land-based temperature records they're very very rough and dodgy now the point of this is that uh, you may have heard uh, constant talk in the media of hottest years these claims are sourced from the dodgy terrestrial temperature networks the satellites on the other hand have recorded no increase in global warming now for more than 18 years yes Eighteen years. This is the so-called pause in global warming that even the UN IPCC admits exists It is the biggest talking point in climate science and has been since 2012 Um, The makers of the documentary pretend that no pause exists. It's a deliberate ploy to propagandize to unwitting students Now a recent study in Nature magazine journal the journal Nature this year attempted to explain away the pause by revising land temperature records But the satellites are still measuring nothing Just to make it clear, the satellites have the most accurate measurements. Another fundamentally misleading part of the documentary that I saw was it showed the warming on the West Antarctic Antarctic Peninsula and its ice sheet. It uh, showed penguins walking on dry land, and the claim was made that uh, human CO2 emissions have caused West Antarctica to, to warm up uncontrollably and that all the ice is melting and breaking off as a result. No mention is made in the documentary of the discovery of a massive, currently active volcanic field under the ice. Volcanoes under the ice sheet. I'll say it again. Volcanoes under the ice sheet. Exploding under the ice sheet. And it is acknowledged as the primary cause of melting, not just some melting, the primary cause of melting, in peer-reviewed scientific studies, which I quote in my uh, review on InvestigateDaily.com. You can also see it on my uh, Facebook page, Ian Wishart. The documentary makers tried to tell the student audience that the volcanoes under the ice were irrelevant. Seriously? <laughs> I mean, seriously? Give me a break. This is just absolute rubbish. Geothermal heat is the primary cause of melt under the West Antarctic Ice Sheet. If you get if your kids come home and say they've watched a climate change documentary called Thin Ice, get that review and read it to them because the Thin Ice documentary goes into a whole lot of other areas that I cover in my my major review. It's uh, about four or five pages long. and You can read it for yourself at InvestigateDaily.com. It is a staggering piece of propaganda. It is the most dishonest climate documentary that I've seen in a long time. In fact, since Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth. So that's my thoughts on that. Avoid thin ice like the plague. Now, NASA due to make a major announcement on Monday about uh, a discovery on Mars. Headline in the independent newspaper in Britain uh, right now, Mars mystery solved, NASA prompts speculation with promise of major announcement, uh, the possibility of water on the red planet. Now this announcement isn't going to take place until uh, Tuesday morning New Zealand time, 4.30pm Monday in the UK. Uh, and the US space agency said it would be announcing a major science finding regarding the red planet uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the U.S. It'll be broadcast live on the NASA website. Um, there is much speculation that the mystery to be addressed is the phenomenon known as recurring slope lineae, the dark tendrils observed on the planet's surface during warm seasons, which it is speculated as evidence of water. So we will find this out on Monday or Tuesday morning New Zealand time, Monday the rest of the world, and uh, it'll be fascinating to see whether there is in fact water running on Mars at various periods. Now, I mentioned the the pre-crime thing from Minority Report. Some of you may remember the uh, the movie from Tom Cruise a few years back, featuring uh, uh, psychic individuals who could predict uh, were sensitive to uh, uh, people who were about to commit crimes. And of course, this was developed a bit in terms of surveillance with the TV series Person of Interest, um, which has been a hit across the world. Well, now the American police are actually doing it in Kansas. uh, They've rolled out a program and they're using social media, Facebook, Twitter. They're using phone records to uh, check out links between known criminals and to work out when these criminals are about to pounce on somebody or do something. A bit like the chatter that the uh, NESA is surveilling to try and find uh, terrorist attacks, local police authorities are now trawling through your social media records uh, to find out exactly the same information at a local criminal level. Just a, an example of, of how, the, <laughs> how the world has changed and how we no longer bat an eyelid at these intrusions on in our privacy. And uh, speaking of that, uh, as we uh, move through this, uh, this show, um, a fascinating study out of Australia, survey... Young people think it's okay to track your lover, survey says. An Australian survey of people aged 16 to 24 suggests the world can't end soon enough and almost half said tracking their partners using technology is just fine. Uh, You know, the article in the um, Australian uh, Sydney Morning Herald, I think it is, says uh, the one you love has left their phone on the coffee table and gone out to the store. You know the password, you go in, you find things or you don't. But is the relationship ever quite the same again? For many young people that doesn't matter. The survey whose results were unveiled Thursday suggests that 46% of Australians think it's acceptable to some degree to track significant others using technology without their consent. Have you ever done that? Have you installed tracking software on your partner's smartphone? Have you used uh, Google Android Device Manager to locate them when they're missing or they're somewhere and you just want to find out where they are? Um, Do you do it with your kids? Maybe it's the generation that we've grown up with technology that uh, we just think this is normal. Well, apparently, apparently they do. Um, a majority uh, of 16 to 24 year olds in Australia believe it's perfectly acceptable to track uh, their significant others without their consent fascinating to know fascinating to see what uh, other people's reactions to to that are I've posted a uh, a link to that story on my Facebook page at Ian Wishart on Facebook and you can um, leave your comments there if you wish Uh, the other study um, just before we close off for the the time is about uh, fidgeting and uh, if you're a fidget Apparently you're going to live longer. A new study published in the uh, in the UK shows that uh, people who fidget uh, are less likely to die than people who don't fidget. And the reason for this, they looked at 13,000 women aged between 37 and 78. And they participated in what's called the University of Leeds UK Women's Cohort Study. Now this is a study of women throughout their lives. Uh, and it f- follows what they do and how they eat and what they, what they work at and what sort of exercise they get. And it found they tracked women between 1999 and 2002 and then followed them for an average of 12 years. So that takes it up to 2014 in most cases. After adjusting for other lifestyle factors, the researchers found that women who sat sat for seven or more hours per day were 30% more likely to have died from any cause than women who sat for five hours or less. In other words, the longer that you sit at an office job, the more likely you were to die. And the difference was if you sat for five hours or less, you had a lower risk of dying. If you sat for seven hours or more, you had a higher risk of dying. But here's the trick. The women who sat for seven hours or more only appeared to have an increased risk if they also reported that they didn't fidget. The study showed that there was no greater risk of dying for those women who considered themselves moderate or very frequent fidgeters when they sat for long periods of time. So if you're a fidget in the office, if you're always twitching your ears or pulling at your hair or, you know, getting up and moving around all the time, there's no damage to your health. If you don't fidget, if you sit still and sit at your desk and just do your job, your number's up. That's what the survey says, your, num- <laughs> your number's up. So anyway, on that happy note, on that happy note, go to work tomorrow and fidget for all it's worth because it'll save your life evidently this is talking uh, talking matters the in wishart show on live365.com join us again for another podcast uh, you can uh, tune in on itunes and find the podcast uh, you can also tune in on our site uh, investigate or on our facebook page the in wishart page on facebook it's been a pleasure to uh, to have your company we'll be back again all the best imagine a world where tv reporters actually gave you the facts not an agenda A world where interviewing your keyboard was seen as workplace humor, not a compulsory job requirement. This year, one man will break through the BS. One man will ring the truth out of truthiness. One man will leap tall buildings at a single... More stimulating talk radio. The Ian Wishart Show on Live365.com. Talk radio for grown-ups. Hard Show on live365.com. Stimulating talk radio.